Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Alan and Daniel, we'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. Everyone come gather around, listen to your favorite sound. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We'll talk the games and all the rest, about the team that we love best. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We're going to talk about the Cardinals all night long. Good morning. Welcome into another edition of Meet Me Unusual. I'm your host, Andrew Shopta at C70. You've got Alan Medlock over there, as always, a Medlock one. Um, we are coming to you Saturday morning. Both of us, not maybe not 100% this time of year, gets you to the the colds and things of that nature. So <laughs> apologize for any coughing or anything that goes along. We'll see if we can hit the mute buttons if necessary, but um, coming to you the day before the winter meetings too. Saturday morning, uh, winter meeting starts Sunday in Nashville. Um, so um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but the Cardinals have done most of their winter shopping um, already, Alan. And we talked last week about, uh, Gibson and, and Lynn, but the Cardinals go out and get Sonny Gray this week, which in theory checks off what they were going to do this winter. Sure, sure. And it's, uh, it was, it came as a surprise, honestly, 
because I kind of felt like they would be moving into to December with a few things and, and there'd be some question marks. And I, I kind of felt like uh, the, uh, it, the next free agent they signed was going to be one of the, one of the big ones, you know what I'm saying? I hate to say that, you know, with the being in play for Yamamoto and all those things, I, I was, I was surprised to see mm-hmm. that the, uh, that the announcement was made. And it was funny. I, within seconds, I sent you a message. I said, well, the, our, our schedule is going to change a little bit <laughs> because this is the most activity they've had in a long time. Um, I, I like the move and it's, it's kind of funny that we say this now, but, but I, at the start of the offseason, I kind of thought their their ceiling was probably going to be gray in mm-hmm. what they brought in because it just made a lot of sense. You know, 35, short-term contract, or shorter-term contract than what a lot of the other guys are going to get. And it just made a, made a ton of sense to me. And after whenever Nola went, that was kind of what I thought in the, in the back of my mind. I was thinking, well, that probably means gray probably lands in St. Louis, and then we'll, we'll see where they – build up on the back end and immediately after having those thoughts, they bring in Lynn and Gibson. So, you know, whether, whether everybody's on board with this or feel like this is enough to improve them, I don't know. I'm really happy that they're involved in just about everything right now. And that I do feel like is a change. The first, the two first things that popped in my mind, whenever they announced the, the signing were, you could tell they got shut out late last year and it, and it hurt them. You could really tell that they were probably in play with a bunch of people, you know, slow played everything and, and they got caught, you know, basically with a hand in the cookie jar that, uh, you know, it, it is essentially how I feel that that worked out. Some of their uh, comments kind of lead me to believe that that's true as well, that they uh, had a lot in play, tried to uh, tried to move some things around, couldn't do it, got caught late and then didn't get anybody, you know, and then on the backside they're they're I think they made the comments of, you know, it, it, at one point last year, all the free agent pitchers that did sign were hurt. And I think that yeah. that was kind of justification for them of being, okay, that's why we were being, method- being methodical and bringing these guys in. My second thought was I could see a Michaelis or, or Matt's probably moved, mainly Matt's at this point, just because I thought, well, the trade market's going to open up what, what, I feel will be their next big piece because I, I just don't think, I think there's guys on the roster that they're not going to hold on to. And you feel like Matson and O'Neill are, are some of those names that are high with Carlson, but I, I'm, I like where they are. I like how they position themselves. I think, I think both gray and Gibson are going to be much better than people are giving them credit for. So I like the signings and I like the fact that they are doing these kind of moves right now. The addition of Gray is is big, and of course, it's you know always comforting and helpful to hear a guy come in and say how much he wants to be in St. Absolutely. Louis. Absolutely, and you know, um, and Gibson echoed those sentiments yesterday, which is I think also kind of interesting, right? I mean, we've had this idea, or we've maybe been concerned about this idea that St. Louis isn't the location that it used to be, right? That people don't necessarily still want to come here. But it's obviously, at least in, at least for some players, and I don't know that it's, you know, it's definitely no place is going to be 100% for anybody, but um, it still sounds like throughout baseball that there's still that mystique a little bit of playing for the Cardinals because of the history, because of the, the fan base, uh, because of the success that you that plan on it. And so it doesn't sound like 
one year has been a problem. It doesn't sound like, you know, the uh, the culture around St. Louis has changed significantly enough to uh, run people off. Uh, it, it definitely, now again, a little bit of this is, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess, to some degree. You got three guys that, you know, this year, I mean, you got Lance Lane coming back, um, who, and if watched him with uh, Jim Hayes yesterday on, on, on the Cat Corner new little YouTube thing, but um, saying that, you know, hey, if he knew what he knew, if he knew then what he knew now, he would, might not have left St. Louis in the first place. Um, but after seeing a couple of other places, he wanted to come back and that, you know, that's interesting. And then Kyle Gibson, of course, you know, with his connections with Adam Wainwright and stuff, it's seen, and he's from, you know, not too far away. Um, and then Sonny Gray being a Midwest guy. So we've got a lot of, you know, guys from this part of the country, if you will. So maybe that makes the impact more than it does for other people when you're trying to get big name stars. But I still think it's good to know that overall the brand has not been damaged. It doesn't sound like within major league baseball, you hear about, you know, Chris Stratton who was here, you know, got traded in one year, got traded out the next. And he was still, uh, I think, who was he talking to? Did he talk to Gibson or somebody? There was somebody, um, it'd be great that, um, he talked to that. He encouraged them to come to St. Louis because of the experience that he had. And I think that's kind of interesting just because of a guy that, had no connections with St. Louis and, you know, kind of was here and there. It wasn't here very long and still that made an impact on him. Yeah. Yeah. That says a lot. I mean, and I, the, uh, it feels like this is going to sound corny, but it feels like, uh, the perfect PR routine has been, they've laid out that, that groundwork <laughs> to re- kind of yeah. rebuild, you know, some of the, uh, some of that, uh, reputation of a place to play of baseball city and things that have, have kind of gotten uh, um, have kind of gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit, and you know we, uh, you know, unfortunately with what we do, we see the worst as well. You know, fan base and and you know, for, and just because it's passionate, I don't mean that in a negative way here. In, right. You know, at all, it's uh, we see that, but but on the backside, I think that this is a this is a destination, and 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 it is a place where guys want to play, and uh, and they're reiterating that, and I think that's some of the things that. Uh, that they're pushing in this off season to try to re- kind of rebuild reputation a little bit. Yeah. I think that probably didn't hurt. And, you know, again, we saw that last year with Contreras coming in of all that helped Contreras be endeared to the fan base after coming from Chicago. Um, Sonny Gray didn't need that. Right. I mean, Sonny Gray was going to be embraced by this fan base, no matter what, sure. just because they, they were glad that the Cardinals went out and got a top of the line pitcher. And, you know, it's, <sighs> I don't. I, I like what we get in Gray. Um, I don't want to say anything else about it because I think that he should be a lot, and he's obviously a you know step up from whatever the Cardinals had last year. Um, I think that was a, a great signing. Um, that being said, do you think that people would have a different opinion of what has happened so far and how everything looks if they had signed Sonny Gray first? And then a week or two later, Dunlin and Gibson, instead of signing those two guys first and then finishing up with a gray. That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I'm not certain. I It's one of those to where I, I think 
there's the element that that I feel like we've seen Grace so much, and mm. which is odd because if you remember, he was the darling of the trade market probably seventeen, eighteen when he was with yeah. Oakland. If you remember, that was really going to dictate who made the biggest move is whoever, whoever was able to get him. Then he went to New York, and and I wouldn't say I I would say I guess we should say struggle. Yeah. Then goes and, and goes back through Cincinnati, and and then we see the redemption a little bit. Then we see him being one of the uh, you know top five six pitchers in baseball last year. Um, I the fact that that the Cardinals fans have seen him so much, I don't think they've ever truly considered that being a, like the true number one, which I think this offseason has led to a lot of questions of what in the heck that is. You know what I mean? What what are what are, what is our mindset on how that's going to work? Who who checks all those boxes? You know, one of the, one of those type deals, and uh, who gets those those game one starts in a playoff potential? Um, I think to answer your question, I, I feel like if they would have moved quickly on him, I still think there would have been a lot of okay. Well, we got to get Yamamoto. I mean, that's that's just where mm-hmm. they are. We have to get Snell. The Snell talk to me makes I, I'm I'm glad to see where it is. Is the fact that he throws so many pitches, doesn't throw a lot of innings. I mean. He does have the two Cy Young, but I felt like that was out of the window and never a realistic possibility. I, and, I, and I can't really tell you why, but that's just always just the gut feeling that I've had. But I feel like there's always going to be that plus one, no matter who they get. Even even if it were a Yamamoto early, they would have been like, okay, well, this guy's still out there and they got to go get him. So so I hope that makes sense in a long way around your question to think that that I think the the fever pitch would have been there regardless of anybody outside of maybe Yamamoto at this point. Yeah, I think that's very possible. Um, I think it. Yeah, I don't know. The expectations would have been hurt either way because you're right. You get a gray, and it's like, wow, they've done gray, and they're gonna, you know, that means they can get somebody else, and you know, and then you go out and get two guys to fill out the rotation, and they're like, what's this? But you know, then when they go get the first two guys first, it's like, okay, the Cardinals are just doing what they normally do. And when they go get a gray, I feel like people aren't, I mean, they're excited about it, but I think it's a little bit tempered by the fact that they'd already been, you know, we already see, okay, well, this rotation is, you know, you needed more than that. Right. I mean, because we, we talked about it last week when you look at Lynn and Gibson in this rotation, it feels like, you know, you really, I mean, gray's great, but you know, you, you kind of need more than just that to make this a good rotation. I wrote yesterday at, <clears throat> at the Substack, and part of what I would said is like, look, you know, right now, Miles Michael is your number two, you know, in a playoff situation. And if somebody gets hurt, I mean, and Ben over at uh, Talking About Birds made this point too, you know, if, if somebody gets hurt for any length of time or, you know, we're not too far away from running into some of the same problems you had last year, especially if Sonny Gray gets hurt, right? And I, I, and again, hopefully he, nobody does. And there's no these have been durable guys. There's no necessary reason to think that they will, except for the fact that they're pitchers and they get older and that and that happens. But you know, it's still there's not a whole lot of insurance there. Um, there's not, and there's still not a really good playoff rotation there. So. You know, it does feel like the Cardinals should do more, even though John Mosellock said at the great conference that he didn't think they were looking at starting pitching anymore. 
that's John Mosellock, and you take it with a grain of salt to some degree. And sometimes we, sometimes he tells us the truth, and we don't want to listen. Yeah. To it. Um, but you and I, we started talking about it beforehand. I'm gonna let you put your case out there. You think that they're done on the free agent market? I do. I do. I. I I'm as bad as that. Uh, is that? I mean, Yamamoto is, is the unicorn. You know, and I know that I said that, I mean, 25 long, you know, numbers that looks like he's going to translate extremely well to, uh, to, uh, the, uh, major league baseball, uh, long, going to be a long contract, going to be an expensive one. Um, I think I, I felt like that was the, I don't know. I think they were linked enough to him that I think that that was going to be the big play. And they realize now that that's going to, that they've, they've uh, probably probably that that market's going to go going to surpass what they are willing or can do. But however you look at it, you know, one of those situations I've said this from, even when they signed Lynn and Gibson within that 24 hour period, I am still surprised that they have not made a move as far as a trade, because there, there are some guys that we just, that we just don't feel like are going to be on the roster. And I mean, I'm almost 100% certain of O'Neill will not be on the roster. Um, and and I'm not sure what the, the marketability is on that, but I don't feel like they will sign another guy free agency wise. But I do think they're going to be involved on a lot of the uh, a lot of the trade names, you know, maybe with some of the uh, Seattle guys. Um, I've seen a combination of, of, of several of those that could be going. I feel like they're going to be linked with Cease pretty heavily because that that seems like a really smart move for them, for any team, really, with the two years of uh, of control. Um, it which could could cost them a little bit more, but that's a two year selling point you can make on St. Louis. And the fact that you have the guys that are outwardly saying this is where we wanted to go with Lynn coming back because this is where he wanted to be, I feel like that's a pretty good selling point to go and make a move to bring him in, depending on what it's going to cost you. You know, some of the uh, some of those trades, I'm, we may get to this later that I've seen that uh, that I've seen uh, seen, uh, you know, just on, on your, on the social media threads, I'm like, well, I wouldn't do that. You know I mean? That's cause then I feel like I, I don't, I, I don't feel like you've, some of the trades mean that they've changed enough from a team that lost 90 games last year, if that makes sense. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach, you visit a private Island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You know, I feel like there's going to have to be some roster churn, and those are the guys that probably need need to be out. But no, I don't feel like they will sign another pitcher free uh, through free agency. It, 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 another starter, let's say that. Mm-hmm. I'm not so certain that they'll uh, that they'll do that. And uh, the uh, I, I don't know why Hicks kind of 
Hicks is the guy that I think they they kind of toy with on the bullpen side of it. But yeah, but I I do feel like they're done signing free agent starting pitchers. And I think I think you're right in except for I mean you're right probably in general. Don't get me wrong. I still think the case for Yamamoto is still live. It was interesting that that Jeff Jones, who put up a post last yesterday morning, still included them being as a suitor on that. Now I don't know if that was Jeff's, you know, knowing that they've been linked to them before, or if he's still heard that they're live on that or what. Um, but I just think, and again, I, I feel like I made these some of these same arguments with Bryce Harper when we see how far that went. But I do think. Yamamoto is a situation where if you can get him, you have, you, you still try, right? I mean, even though it's almost a luxury item to this point yeah. and it's going to be cost you something, it, the fact that, I mean, one, I think the biggest, maybe the biggest sell right now is, you know, a lot of people are talking about the uncertainty of the, of the television market yeah. contracts right i mean from what i read you know the cardinals are one of the more profitable ones for for valleys and so i think the, the plan right now seems to be that diamond sports and, uh, and sinclair they're basically going to give up baseball rights at the end of 24 it sounds to me like but i think the cardinals are going to be one of the last ones they give up so I, I think the cardinals will get their money this year is what i'm saying but 25 26 you don't know what that's going to look like um, you know, maybe the biggest argument for this is you know, you sign the biggest name in Japan. You've got the biggest, the second biggest name, perhaps, uh, in, in large Newt bar, because, uh, we saw him make his, uh, GQ debut out there in J- Japan or whatever it was this year. Um, you know, you've got guys like that and then try to market over there, you know, sell some rights over there. Um, and that hopefully would help cushion some of the loss of the money you're going to make. Because baseball, it really feels like baseball in general is going to hit a downturn, right? When this money goes away, um, the subscription money is—I mean, I'm sure we'll be paying twenty, thirty something dollars a month to to watch the Cardinals here in a year or two. Um, but that you know, they're not going to be able to charge enough to keep make up for what they were making. Uh, on the bill. So I just think that if you can open that new market and really get a footprint over in Asia, in Japan, in a market that loves baseball, I think you've got to do that. I think you, you kind of, you put that heavily on the scale. Let's put it that way. Now, again, I get it. You know, the Mets, the, the Dodgers and some of these big teams are going to be in there. And maybe this is going to get, you know, where you just don't think that it's a profitable thing, but you know, I think that that's still something that they should be. And I think they, I think that they went into this winter knowing what Yamamoto was going to, they knew what, who was going to be after Yamamoto. They knew what the prices were going to be and they were willing to, to engage with Yamamoto and nothing has changed in Yamamoto's market you know, for them to just bow out without really even trying, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, that they, they, they put some work in here. I mean, and, and then it's like, okay. And then we're just going to sign these guys before, you know, before December, uh, when, you know, you know, Moto's already said he's not going to sign for a couple of weeks. I, I just feel like, I feel like they're keeping their hand in. I mean, and again, 
I'm not saying that Yamamoto's coming to St. Louis. I, I, I think that there's a really good case for it. I really think they should, but you know, I can't say that they're probably going to do that, but I do think that they're probably still active in that market, but he's the only one. I agree. You're not going to get a Snell. You're not going to get anybody else like that. It's just the, the once in a lifetime opportunity that Yamamoto gives you. Otherwise, yeah, I think you're right that they, they look at the trademark and honestly, there is a, what, there's probably a 60, 70% chance that they don't do anything. I mean, they may try, but they may not do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, completely true. The, uh, and I feel like, I think that they took last year, um, I, 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 that kind of rallies back to my point of last year. I think that they were really slow in letting things play out to where they got caught with nothing. And I mean, I feel like that a lot of the signs mm-hmm. point to them saying that this year. And I think that well, whether they're in the market still or not, they wanted to make sure that they caught up on the back end now without getting, you right. know, with, without, yeah. uh, you know, being left in the dark once again. So, yeah, I mean, everything you say makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, they knew the market, they knew the teams, uh, you've, uh, you've, uh, potentially made it to where you could afford something like this. I just, they're just, I don't know. I, I, I felt like gray was the top of their market the whole time. Other yeah. than the fact that if they're ever going to do it, Yamamoto makes a lot of sense. But at this point, I, I just, yeah, I just don't see that it's very feasible for them. And, and you know what? I mean, this just lines up for a uh, overpay by one of the the big markets, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, it's going to come back and just say, just be something, be something pretty incredible. I mean, yeah, there's always a chance that um, that he's going to wind up getting paid record numbers and then not do anything too. I mean, it's always a possibility, and that is a risk that some of the big markets can take a little bit better than some of the markets like St. Louis. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's a that's likely what's going to run them out. But I I hope that's the case because if we see a a deal that comes out that we feel like the Cardinals could have gotten. Um, that's going to be a little bit more frustrating because it's going to be a little bit more like business as usual. Right. I mean, so far, and maybe I wrote this in the exit interview with John Moselock on the, on the blog. It's just, there's not been a lot of creativity, even with the fact that they've been active. Right. I mean, like you said, everybody kind of just assumed they were going to get gray. Um, Lance and Gibson are completely Cardinal type players, right? Low hanging fruit that, you know, have a connection that, you know, will eat innings and not necessarily be exciting. Um, you know, even at the trade deadline, they traded everybody that they needed to trade, but nobody that they didn't have to trade. Yeah. Um, it's not, there's not been an aggressive and creative move out there. I mean, again, I guess they could be saying they've been aggressive because they've, done all this work before thanksgiving although they've done that in the past right they've, there's been years i remember you and i talking about how they did everything before uh before december and then they just you know the winter was cold and they didn't do anything else and i don't know that that's the way it's going to be this year but you know all they need is is technically and as i said they're kind of focusing on relief pitching you know as, as hicks would be an interesting reunion i get that but there's also a a very strong argument not to overpay for 
relief pitching and not yeah. to let John Mosellock overpay for relief pitching. Um, and to just get a couple of arms because you've got Romero and Gallegos and uh, assuming you believe that Gallegos has fixed his tipping problem and stuff like that, which is a, maybe a different story. And then you've got Helsley who hopefully will be healthy. Yeah. I and mean, there's that issue too. Um, so, I mean, yes, getting a guy like Hicks in the back of the bullpen would be good, but you could also, you know, get a couple of solid veteran arms and, you know, work it out because in theory, you know, with these arms, the, these, you know, workhorses that you've got in the rotation, you're not going to need, you know, as much, you know, coverage from the bullpen this year. Yeah. The, uh, that, that's a great point. Something I hadn't considered the, um, uh, how much of the, uh, of the selling of the bullpen is going to be Helsley, Libertor, Gallegos and figure it out. You know what I mean? I, I, I kind of yeah. wonder if that's going to be the situation a little bit because I want to see what, what happens with Thompson and, you know, if you, if you want to build from the top down, you go, you know, what we feel in the rotations, the top five, how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any, any, so let's just say they do sign a Yamamoto. Does that mm-hmm. make Matt's more, does that make Matt's more marketable? Or does that mean that they feel like he may be a better bullpen option? See, I wonder, I've often wondered about that. I, but I do. I I feel like how he pitched out of the bullpen last year and then came back as a starter means that he's he's either going to be a starter for the Cardinals or not a Cardinal. But I do kind of wonder what they feel. I mean, I, the uh, there was a lot of under undertones last year of Libertor being really good in the uh, in the bullpen, um, and we'll see if that shakes out. But but I was trying to go over the, all the pieces, and you know, there's been a uh, a post dispatch uh, piece on Plante already. So I feel like they they that that's probably a certainty out there. So I don't I I'm not really certain how that's going to play out, or if I'm even making a good point on this. It's just that if they if they walk out of the winter meetings, and you know let's say trade O'Neill for high upside, you know could be a t- starter down the road swing man that could potentially be your sixth starter. In Memphis, I mean, are we going to be happy about that? Is that being the only move and that kind of saying that you're you're helping both sides or you know helping the rotation or a guy that can pitch in the bullpen? That they they historically have said some of those things. So I'm curious to see how it all shakes out. And it's you know I don't I, I'm really not certain. You know the uh, the veterans does does Hicks count as a veteran? You know at this point of guys oh, that are going to come in with certainty, yeah. not necessarily in my mind. But those guys are out there, and and I'm not I I'm just not sure how much they're willing to spend. But they they some of the contracts how they backloaded show that they're going to bring in somebody. Would think to me, it's at least to have the option to do that. Although there is also that idea of keeping your powder dry for the trading deadline or whatever yeah. it's going to be. You yeah. know, but you know, there's also that idea you don't have to worry about the trading deadline as much. I agree. You go. I mean. And, and do stuff in the winter. But um, yeah, with Matt, I think, I think that if they signed a Yamamoto, they would trade Matt's mainly because of the $12 million. Sure. I mean, sure, sure, sure. that's a great point. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. I think that if they were to trade for a Dylan Cease and Matt's wasn't part of that, that they might keep Matt's as rotation 
um, insurance and uh, to be a, a bullpen piece because he's done it before. Um, I, I agree. You know, obviously when they ended the season last year, they were talking about Matt's being pitching well enough, but he also ended the season on the injured list. Right. I mean, it's, you know, how many innings you're going to get from a Matt's anyway. So I think that they would plan for him to be in the bullpen if they kept him. Um, but you know, if they got a cease, they still might trade off, uh, uh Matt's because they feel like they, in this market, Maybe there is somebody that would like to take him on, especially with the way he improved at the end of the year and then get something for him. So, um, yeah, I think that if they, if, if they make a trade for a guy, I think Matt's is a possibility that either will be part of the trade or, or will get traded later on. Um, you know, if, and I think O'Neill, I think O'Neill either is, is, part of a trade or gets traded for that kind of guy you're talking about, some yeah. kind of prospect guy that, cause I, you know, the, the value of, of O'Neill, I'm sure is fluctuates depending on the team, but it's hard to see that it's at the top, right? I mean, there's a lot of potential. There's still potential there, but there's also a fact that he's been around the league for a while now and we're still talking about potential. So, um, you know, trying to stay healthy and trying to get everything together. Um, but I, I kind of, I mean, I agree with you. I don't, it seems hard to, imagine Tyler O'Neill on this team next year. Um, but I, I think that that's a, that's almost a cost saving move because it's, you know, I think estimates are that he's going to make about $6 million uh, in arbitration. So, you know, if you can clear that off for prospects that aren't going to cost you anything, you may have to do that. Agreed. when you're Trying to balance budget. Well, and that's in where you would naturally want to say, Hey, involve him. Any, do, any deal will cease. Well, that's not what they want. You know what I mean? Right. Especially if they're, if the White Sox are, you know, r- reportedly shopping their outfielders, that's not going to work. I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to go the youth movement to get him. So there are going to have to be several moves. I will say something that, that might, has kind of changed my mind a little bit. Um, not to go to the trade market or to bring, keep bringing it up. I'm not as certain that Carlson gets traded as it was maybe a week ago. Be, mainly uh-huh. because I don't think that allows, an adequate backup in case the win. I think they're going to commit to win, but mm-hmm. I don't, I think they also want to have that safety net of Edmund a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, it would, would he, it, trading Carlson surprise me? No, I think there's, there's a quiet hope that he can win the center field job though. Yeah, that would make sense. Although, yeah. Then, then what are you going to do with Edmund? And then again, yeah. you're, you're getting into a little of that roster turn, right? Because of Edmund, is not playing center field every day. If he's backing up guys, you know, what does that mean for Donovan? Yeah. You know, agreed. I, for Corman? It's, it's one of those to where even a lot of it, a lot of all of this comes, comes from me in the, in the terms of what it's going to take to get cease, because I think that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense for them, but I think he also makes a lot of sense for other, other teams. You know what I mean? And that, so I think that he, it, it makes a lot, it makes almost too much sense for the Cardinals, meaning that he's probably not going to come here. You know what I mean? That, that they're probably not going to yeah. close it out because it may cost you. I I don't trade Scott and win at all, you know, for no, a move like that, no. because I necessarily, I don't think necessarily thinks that, that, that helps you. And I just don't feel like the White Sox are going to take an O'Neill uh, Carlson and somebody else, you know, just because no, of what they're no. going through on their roster right now, which is a, kind of an implosion or, or their term of a rebuild, you know, relatively quickly. Um, but 
I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like is Carlson probably out of favor? Yes. Is it maybe due to you know he had the wrist injury, which always hurts him. Mm-hmm. Where it really makes me think that if they're not convinced with Edmund in center field, which I'm not even certain they know what to to make of that right now, or maybe they do and just not being reported. I felt like that sales job was happening all summer. The fact that he would be their best option out there. I'm not so certain he would be. And I do wonder if they, what kind of safety net they do want to give for win in case that that doesn't work or he grows through, goes through some growing pains. So, I mean, I think that, yeah, there are several guys that are going to move. I'm not so certain. I feel as confident Carlson will be one of them at this point. But yet, on the other side, wouldn't be surprised if he is. Yeah, I think that – I don't think that there's a real need to move Carlson. And you're right. I think there's a lot of reasons to keep him. I mean, he's, again, he's at a low value right now. Um, he's also at a low cost, right? We're talking about low value. But he's only going to move – I think estimates are like a, a million, million and a half, um, which is a lot easier, if, especially when you're when you're counting pennies, which right now the Cardinals – are not, I think they're within, I think what Jeff Jones did the numbers and showed that uh, they're within about 30,000 maybe of the first uh, luxury tax threshold, which they're not going to go over. I mean, yeah. You know oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, when you're counting that, you know, it's easier to move a, O'Neill makes it a more of an impact and you keep a guy like Carlson when he's not making a whole lot of money. Um, and, and yeah, center field is an issue, right? Because, you know, if, if Edmund's not going to be out there, I mean, who is it? Is it, it going to be large new bar? Um, which, I mean, yeah, he could probably do that, but I don't know that you want him out there every day because then if, if, if Nars is playing center and Walker's in, yeah. you know, and right, who's playing left, you know, uh, is it Burleson? I mean, in which case you get back to those defensive problems that you had last year. Um, so, yeah, I think that I, yeah, I've, I've understood why people talk about Carlson being gone. I don't know that I've ever thought that they really thought that they would move him. Just again, if he had some, if he had shown some stuff a little bit more that it had a little bit more value on the market, maybe, but um, I think he, he makes a lot of sense for, as a part for the Cardinals. He may not be the part that they thought they were going to get, you know, a couple of years ago, but I think he still makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, and I think, for financial reasons, for everything else, it might just be easier if you've got a market, which I don't know if there is, to trade Tommy Edmond, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that that makes that frees up a lot of stuff right there. The I've yes, you no, know, you're right. I mean, my ideology, and this is everybody's ideology, to be honest with you, is you always build up the middle. You know, mm-hmm. you go yeah, well, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You you get your your center fielder, your two prime players, the you know second short, your catcher, and then you go kind of go from there. You know, it all starts on the bump, but defensively, that's just kind of how you build. I don't feel like the Cardinals are necessarily doing that. I feel like, and not in a negative way. I feel like Lars. I feel like it's going to be a Newt Bar Walker outfield, and then let's figure out center field as it is, which which leads me to believe that the Carlson's more involved than he has been in in a, in a while. You know, I read an article that uh, that it wouldn't necessarily it wouldn't necessarily be out of at just a crazy notion that that Newt Bar does play center field every day, and your everyday left fielder could be Donovan. But I don't know if that's 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 the route they want to go as well. 
I don't know. I don't see it going that way unless things just completely fall apart, which drew me back to Carlson even more. I was thinking, you know, yeah, I think that they really want to see him. I would, I think that ultimately they would want to see him doing that. You have, and then trade one of the the three of Gorman, Donovan, Edmund. And that, that has changed on me because I kind of thought that Edmund was a lock and I feel like he may be a lock mm-hmm. in center field. But I'm starting to think that they may want Carlson in that in that mix a little bit more, to where, you know, Burleson probably becomes a little bit more of a uh, of a trade piece as well. So you know, my mind's kind of racing right now, which is which is fun because now I feel like they've at least whether they've completely stopped the bleeding, I I feel like they've done a really good job with the rotation already, and anything at this point is a luxury piece, and and I, and I say that just because. I think that the lines are blurred on what that true number one is. And, you know, when you hear some of the names out there, you're thinking, Oh man, I mean, they, this is, this is a, uh, this is a letdown on the three they brought in. And I just, I just don't feel that way, which kind of makes it, which you can kind of redirect for, uh, you know, some of these other positions and, and, and kind of think those through. And, and that's been fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, again, I've, I've stated my preference, but if they're bringing anybody in, off the trade market, it's got to be somebody that's at least better than Michaelis, right? Sure. I mean, it's, it has to be. We've talked about this before the winter started. And if you go into next year with Miles Michaelis as your number two, then you're probably doing it wrong. Um, and, you know, so they have to bring in somebody like that. They can't go out and trade for whatever the equivalent of a Lance Lynn would be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's one of those things that we've talked about that as well is going to hurt. And then you start wondering how much are you taking away from your offense to get pitching? Um, because this is a good offense. There's no doubt about it, but there's also chances of it to sputter as we've seen. And you start taking pieces away, you know, certain pieces may make those, you know, downsides a little bit deeper. Um, I don't necessarily put Tommy Edmond in that mix just because of he's kind of a league average hitter, although he seems, you know, very clutch at times. Um, he, he brings a lot with his defense and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, if you start moving a Gorman, and I know Gorman has, you know, his streaks, but when he's on, he's on, right? And you, you need that. And I think that would hurt. Pro- Trading to Gorman would probably hurt more than anybody else. I, I don't think they want to trade Donovan at all. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think they should. But I think that Gorman is the one most likely to be a Randy Arozarena type later on where we're like, what, why did we let that go? Yeah. I'm so glad that you worded it like that though, because the further we go along into this and I understand that there has not been a lot of things said, I do feel like there's some tea leaves to think that Gorman would be the one who gets traded at this point. And that may lead to more of my Carlson, you know, more of my, uh, come around on Carlson a little bit. I don't know why I feel that way. I just feel like, or I don't know why I feel this, but it, it I don't know. I, I think that he's their sell high piece. And yeah. even with the year that he had last year, I'm not convinced that he's going to be the power hitter or in, in the new era of baseball of running and whatnot, if that's what they want. You know, I know that sounds stupid. A guy that may hit 35 homers, but, they may be DH locked in with Walker before too long. You know what I mean? I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just 
I don't even know why I'm committed to saying that, but but the way that you worded it made a lot of sense. And I kind of thought that I may be the outlier on it. And the fact that I do think he may be the one that gets moved for, especially in a C steal. I mean, it's possible. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's an overpay. I don't know if that's what you didn't expect. Um, I don't know if you want to make that deal, if that's what it, it takes. Um, because, I mean, that's – you look at this team, and I feel like he's got the you know the best raw power. I mean, Walker's going to be the most polished player you've got. But you're also going to have to factor in that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Paul Goldschmidt, right? He's, he's – yeah, yeah. Contracts up at the end of – is it this year? Is it the end of 24? Um, or is it in 25? I, I thought it was this year, we, but I think that we've talked ourselves into an extension so much that. Yeah, I think, you know. I mean, and I, th- and I think you'll get one, but you know, right now you don't know that. And so, you know, are you letting Walker play first base? Are you letting Burleson play first base? Um, you know, if, if Burleson's still around, cause he's a guy that could be traded. Yeah. He? Um, but you know, there's, if you lose Goldschmidt, if you, you know, Arenado is hitting the top of, you know, he's going to start declining at some point in time soon. I mean, Nolan's a freak and, and everything, but, you know, it's just the way of, of the game, right? We still got him for a few years. He'll still be productive, but he won't be maybe like MVP level and stuff like that. You know, Mason Wynn's going to be a great player, but he's not going to have that kind of offensive profile. Um, you know, you've got Contreras, you've got some others, but... I think, you know, moving Gorman for all his flaws um, might be a bigger hit than they're willing to take uh, on the offensive profile. Now, you may be right. I mean, it may be that they could get the most value back on him, and so that's why they pull the trigger. But look at the rest of this team, and they're good players. They're solid players. But they don't have the the overall pop that uh, Gorman does. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, and I just think that you kind of need that, you kind of need that guy to supplement, you know, the walkers and the wins, the people that are getting on base, the people that are still having great years. Um, it's kind of like a, you know, when McGuire was here versus, you know, a pool, a put pools and McGuire together. Right. I mean, obviously pools had the power too, but that got idea of the getting the guy that can do everything versus the, then followed up with a guy that's just going to, you know, launch it. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that you know, he, I, I don't know. I don't know what they think. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, what's funny too is uh, you and I have both gone through several offensive iterations on what we think this is going to happen. And we're talking about, you know, what, uh, what we think their lineup is going to be and, and things moving around and, and how much Gorman means to them. And we haven't brought up who could have been it potentially have been their best hitter last year in Contreras Contreras. Yeah. Uh, and it's because of the slow start. So you, you just wonder, I, I don't know. I, I pulled up the baseball reference page cause I was going to look to see what it would. I think that they could talk themselves out of Gorman real easy with the fact that you can keep Edmund and, and Donovan playing second base. Some, some form of that every day mm-hmm. and, and recreate what, yeah. what he had. And I think the injury history may be a troublesome with Gorman as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the back issue is going to be something that they're going to want to have a handle on. He's twenty three. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think yeah. about that. Um, I mean, uh, you know, that said, I think it's, you know, I think he's, he still has a lot more upside to them, but I, I think that's a concern. I mean, if they feel like they're going to lose significant periods of time uh, for him every year because of, you know, just the way he's structurally made, you know, that's one thing. But if they think that he can do some exercises, if he can change his routines and stuff like that to minimize that, then I think they're much more likely to, to hold on to him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, well, I mean, it, don't, I love the winter meetings anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? One of those things. <laughs> so now, I mean, it could be exciting because I feel like the Cardinals and, and, and I may be wrong on this and someone may blow this up. I feel like they're working from a, from an area of strength a little bit now that they yeah. have a little bit of leverage net, considering they lost 90 games. You know, it may not make a lot of sense, but I'm like, they're in a pretty good position going into Nashville. Well, yeah, they don't, like we said, they don't have to do anything. Yeah. Um, I think that they should. I agree. I think that they probably will. But there's a difference of, you know, if something gets too high for them, they don't have to, they don't have to worry about making a trade like, well, like the Rosarena trade to some degree, because they felt like they needed to get pitching into the organization, right? So they they did that trade. Um, they don't have to worry about some sort of need-based trade or something they have to pay a high price for because they have to have the return. You know, they can look at other things, and then if they don't get anything, they'll, you know, they'll run with what they have. And, you know, what they have right now, depending on what other moves get made in the division, of course, but... I think what they have right now probably wins their wins the division or at least gets them real close. Now, again, that's not necessarily the goal. I mean, people still want them to go deep in October, and I don't know that this team is designed for that. But, you know, it's still better than watching them lose every night like we did last year. So um, they do have that in their back pocket of saying, okay, well, the division's weak. And again, we've heard this before, right? But division's weak, and we've strengthened everything we've got. We've got you know, an offense that's going to continue to grow because these are a lot of young players and, you know, we've got veteran guys and we've got, you know, a bullpen that's solid and, you know, add a piece here and there. And, you know, I'm not saying this is what they're talking to themselves into, but I do think that's like the case that they can give to another team. It's like, we don't have to pay your price. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll do this. And, you know, if, if they want to make a deal, they'll make a deal. And if not, they'll move on. You're right. It's a lot better than, having to worry about them going in and overpaying for something. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, that's, I, I think that in a, in a typical off season, we'd be pretty happy with how this has worked out. Uh, but mm-hmm. this is also the, not the typical off season because it's something that we, we haven't seen in 30 years. Um, right. So even the, the highest level of activity, I don't think that they're going to be that there, that there's going to be the vocal minority or maybe vocal majority. That's not going to be happy with it. Um, the that being said, I, I kind of feel like I'm in a, I'm pretty happy with where they sit right now for those reasons that you just said of hey, this is what we've got and this is what we're this is what we're gonna give. You know, can we work mm-hmm. this out or whatnot? And that that kind of leads it lends itself back to the fact that those are the things that Noah's always been good with. Of uh, you know, not yeah. not overextending yourself and, and doing the things mm-hmm. to make the ball club better. And uh and that's that's the intriguing part of what could happen this week because you know, I'd love to make that trade for a starter. And I think that anybody that's been on this ascent that I would love to say I have Dylan Cease in the, you know, in Cardinals camp. 
Um, you know, I'm not certain that's even likely, but, but I will tell you trades are coming. I, I mean, I'm, I'm completely convinced of that. So, you know, how they work it out, I don't know whether it's one or two or multiple, uh, none of it would surprise me. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, that's where they sit right now, but if the, I mean, if the Reds were rumored to be attached to Glasnow, right. That they were looking at that. If they go get a guy like that or a cease, I don't know if they were in mixed there you know their young talent is enough that if they get a pitcher or two the reds could be really dangerous next yeah. year right um the cubs you know they've been of course it's the cubs and they get tied to everything but you know they've been in the otani or the yamamoto or anything if they get somebody of that nature you know i know that they're losing a lot but it's still going to put it's still going to probably make them the favorite in that division, whether it should or not, it's maybe a different story, but still you get a guy like Otani that makes a difference. Right. Um, and I don't know that they're going to do that in it, but still, those are the moves that you got to realize that whatever you've got right now is not, it's not a slam dunk, right? You can't just say we're going to win the division because it only takes one move by one of those other teams. And you're right back in, second, third place, you know, the next year. And that's not going to cut it. I mean, I, I think that's, you know, the Cardinals know that, that, you know, there are some times where you could fall short in the division and, and get by with it. I don't think you can next year. I don't think that you can come to the end of 2024 and say, well, we, you know, we won, we, we won 82 games and that's a lot better than we did last year. We made improvement, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I think that, um, you're going to have to, you know, really show a, a good team to get people to not can be concerned that this is just going to be the way it is from now on. Yeah. 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 That's uh, and that's well put. I mean, it's, uh, it, yeah. I, I feel like it, this is a big off season for Mo and uh, mm-hmm. it's funny. Did you ever think, well, I mean, time, time wins, you know, always it's undefeated. Sure. And you just kind of wonder when that when when his time may be up. You know, I don't necessarily think mm-hmm. that's the case because I'm pretty much a believer in the organization. Uh, as frustrated as I get, you know, still feel that way. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like all of these things point to be, it being an active weekend or you know active through December to where they're ready to ready to go because we'll start. You know, this this crazy part about it. You know, in in six weeks, guys are reporting. And yeah. not, I mean, you'll start seeing guys that, you know, you know, some of these dudes that have been there and you, you find out they've been there since November, you know, type situation. Mm-hmm. And and those are some of the pictures that we'll see in Jupiter before they officially have a report in February. So we're closer than you think. And, and, uh, and this weekend's going to, going to, you know, open up a lot of possibilities on, uh, on, uh, you know, what we think this ball cup could be. Yeah. I think if you're about right, let's see, um, three, one, yeah, right about six six weeks right now is a winter warm up. Yep, uh, winter warm up weekend, and so yeah, that you're right. That's that really is the kickoff. And sometimes the guys have been down there before that, and if not, a lot of them go down right after. And um, so yeah, it is. It'll it'll be on you. Uh, and that's it. It's been nice this year. I mean, again, one of the s- small silver linings of a, of a season like last year is that they have been active and we've been able to talk about things and it's not, you know, sitting around waiting for them to make a move and they are only going to make the, you know, one move and, 
all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, you know, we have had the activity that we thought we would have, um, even if it hasn't been at the level that we necessarily thought it yeah. would be. So I don't know. It's also weird to think that, um, cause I had even completely forgot about it till David uh, mentioned it to me in a, a DM this week that, uh, the draft lottery is this week yeah. and, and the Cardinals actually have to, uh, uh, to pay attention to it. Um, and you know, it feels like, I guess all the odds, best odds are the Cardinals getting the fifth pick, but, um, I mean, I mean, I'm being really interested to see, I mean, could they get a, a higher pick or are they going to get, you know, it's a luck of the draw going to get them. I think they could go down to maybe as low as 10th. Maybe it's the lowest they could go. Um, I don't know. It's going to be kind of interesting to, to see how that works out. Um, <clears throat> it would drive baseball crazy if they got the number one pick. Oh man. Um, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm fine with that if they <laughs> want. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, you know. it is intriguing. That's, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those to be, gosh, when was the last time they were in the top 10? I know there's articles I think out you have there. To go, I just I haven't read them. I think you have to go back to JD Drew. Wow. In '98, um, I, I mean, I can't think of any time they would have been other than that. Um, I had an article up just a second ago that probably stated it. Yeah. I just didn't read that far down. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you don't, you know, they've done very well with the drafts that they have. Um, but they, uh, okay. 96, they were drafted third with Brandon Looper. Uh, let's see. And JD drew was fifth in 98. And yeah, um, 2000, they drafted 13th, uh, 2008, they drafted 13th. That was Brett Wallace who turned into Matt holiday. So that was okay. Um, and that, yeah, that was the most recent time they were even 13th was 2008. So, and you have to definitely, you have to go back to 98 for uh, a top and top, you know, three and five in 96 and 98. Uh, they had a four in 91 when they took Dimitri Young. 1989, they took Paul Coleman at six, which was the spot before Frank. Tuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mike Dunn in 84 went seventh. I remember Mike Dunn being part of the Tony Pena trade and winning the rookie of the year over in, uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, Bob Meacham in 81 went eighth. Uh, Andy Van Slyke in 79 went sixth. Terry Kennedy, 77 went sixth. Uh, Ed Kerpel, that's not a name I know. Uh, eighth and 71. And then Lee Ron Lee. I uh, went seventh in 1966, which was the only the, the second actual draft. So that's what, maybe 10 times since the draft started in 1965 that they've done in the top 10. Um, and, and, you know, we've read those names. A lot of those names we know, right? I mean, they've, they turned out, maybe they weren't, you know, superstars or anything like that, but they were very good players or people that had a career, even if it wasn't with St. Louis, um, a, a pretty decent career someplace. So, you know, it's it's very optimistic to to hear uh, that. Now again, you don't want the Paul Coleman versus Frank Thomas type of thing, sure. but uh, for the most part, you know, top a top five pick can be pretty nice. Yeah, the uh, it, it's interesting. It, it's one of those to where 
you know, if you were in the, yeah, if, if all, if all things fell into place, you know, Ethan holidays a junior, you mm-hmm. know, one year, you don't want to get in the lottery next year, of course, but that would be something, no. wouldn't it? If you could have that top five yeah. pick and bring in another holiday. Yeah, that would have been just uh, a little too bad he didn't uh, make <laughs> holiday didn't have his kids a little too close, exactly. close together. Yeah, just um, you're gonna sandwich him a little bit, but yeah, it'd be it'd be crazy. Yeah, I mean, do you think? I mean, again, this is a long way off. We'll talk about it well before that. But if they had you know a top five pick, or say they had the number one pick, do you think they go? Hitting or do they think they go pitching? Oh man, that's good. I, you know what? I, I'm not even sure what the talent on the market will be this year. The uh, right, right. Uh, the, but God, with them, I, I don't, I don't. They're such a pitching heavy organization, which is also also why this year was such a punch to the, to the gut. But uh, I feel like they would go with the top arm on the market at that point. I kind of think they would too, because you look at what they've got in the system, and there's just not a lot of. I mean, there's some interesting arm. Obviously, Takara Ropey, of course, they had to bring in. Tink Hens is there. Um, I don't, you know, I'd have to look. I don't know if Kyle could refresh me, but I don't feel like anybody else, if that's interesting, might be way down there. It feels like they need an influx of, of high-level pitching, right? And that may be the way they go with doing that. If they can go out and get a guy, you know, in the draft that's a, a fast, you know, a guy that has a lot of upside, even if they doesn't necessarily move fast, but has that upside, um, that would help. But, you know, again, you're right. Best player available at the time is what you do. Yeah. I mean, that's what they've done over the last few years. And the good thing is that five, even at 10, there's a lot of good players available. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, and you know, baseball's so weird just because of the marketability, you know, things that, uh, or signability, I guess you should say, right. of, uh, of how it works, you know? So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see where they bounce at then to see what's going to be available, you know, cause we, it's so awesome, but we have the full high school and college season to determine that. Yeah. You, you, you know, well know how much the high school season's coming up. Oh, so, yeah. uh, so um, anyway, well, again, it should be a, a, an interesting week. I imagine that Alan and I will try to get back with you next week to talk about, what shakes out of it if uh hopefully if nothing else we'll imagine we'll know where some of these guys are i you know like a blake snell will go somewhere right i feel like although i just maybe it's because i've been focused on the cardinals so much but it just feels like some of these guys i don't hear about and i don't know if they if that market has developed the way they thought Mm. that snell's one of those guys right i you know for the guy that's coming off of cy young he just doesn't seem to be a guy that I hear talked about a lot and, and people talking about where he might go. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I, I like to get up in the morning and watch MLB network just to watch the, uh, you know, the, watch the replay of the shows to, to have an idea mm-hmm. on some of them. But yeah, the, uh, it's, it's, it's funny that, uh, that he, you're right. I mean, it, it's one of those, I feel like with Snell's the one that's kind of wrapped into the Yamamoto decision as well. You know, yeah. those are the two that are left that that are going to be big, and and I feel like how I I feel like it works from Yamamoto to Snell to Glass now at this point to see who's going to going to pull the trigger and make that move, and and you know another thing too as we get closer to the uh, to the uh, to well now we're on it, but now that we're here, I think that everything's being dictated by Otani as well. Yeah, there's a lot about Otani's definitely in his situation, and given that. 
Otani has told people they drop out if they uh, publicize any talks. Yeah. So it's not been a lot of connections there either. But um, yeah, I think that's right, which is interesting. I mean, if you're waiting on Yamamoto, Yamamoto has already said he's not going to sign during the winter meetings. He plans to sign maybe a week or two afterwards. I mean, he has to sign by, I think his posting runs up at like the, the 3rd or 4th of January. So he's going to have to sign you know, sometime probably before Christmas. Uh, but, you know, if you're waiting around, um, you know, it could be, it could be January before a Snell or a Glassdow or a Cease finds a, a home, yeah. right? Because, um, you know, the car that, you know, I'm sure the White Sox probably don't trade Cease until that gets all cleared up. And so, you know, we're talking here now about this stuff and we've gotten a little bit of, you know, the Cardinals jumping on the, on things, but, you know, there may be a bit of a slow play because of the, the dominoes that need to fall. Now, maybe not. Maybe as soon as Yamamoto signs, you know, Snell signs with somebody else within a day or two, and then the trade market really, you know, hits. Um, but, yeah, it could be that, the you know, even by winter warm-up that the club's not completely uh, filled out. Yeah, true. All right. Well, like I said, Alan and I should be back with you next week. Talk about this winter meetings and stuff. See where the Cardinals got there uh, in the draft lottery. Um, until then, until next time, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. Is there any point where that... Well, I think right now I can tell you that we're going to trade people. I just don't know if it's going to be like household names or, or more of guys that just aren't likely going to be here next year.